Good morning and welcome to Crossroads. We're glad that you're here this morning. Let's all stand as we begin our time today. Uh, we're, we're, well, we're glad to have with us a special guest here today from uh, Word of Life Bible Institute. So as you come on in, I know the foyer's hopping. We'll try and warm everybody in here. Time change, it's cold, everything's running, running a little different today, but uh, we have a team from Word of Life Bible Institute will be leading us in our worship and, uh, and message speaker, today. One of their speakers, he's on staff at Word of Life Bible Institute, Justin Cousins. I'm going to bring him up now. Justin, if you'll say a word about your team, let's welcome Justin to our church today. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, Behind me is uh, one of our bands at the Word of Life Bible Institute, and they're all first-year students. Uh, Word of Life has a one- to two-year Bible program, uh, and we are solely focused on reaching the next generation with the gospel of Christ. Uh, and so these students have invested a year, or are investing a year, um, into studying the Word of God deeply through just Bible survey and theology and no other courses. They're just focusing in on the Bible and... Uh, they're all probably heading tons of different directions with what the Lord's calling them in life. Uh, but wherever they go, they know that they have a foundation that's rooted deeply in the scriptures. And that's what Word of Life is all about. So thank you for having us this morning. We're excited to spend the worship service with you. Amen. Thank you, Justin. We appreciate it. As I said, Justin will be giving the message today, and we're thankful for this group. Uh, Matt here is all the way from Uganda, right? So he, uh, these folks are from all over the place. I think we have North Carolina, right? North Carolina and uh, Uganda and everything in between here. So, I mean, if you can go from Uganda to high, high, high in the Adirondack Mountains where it's 12 below zero in the winter, give that man a hand. I mean, what a great guy. What a great, great guy. You know you are in love with Jesus when you can study at 12 below zero. I'll just tell you that, Okay. But uh, I, I'm, a, I'm an alumni of Word of Life Bible Institute, so I have a real connection up there and just thankful for that. There's a number of our people that are uh, uh, alumni around the church, too. So if you're an alumni, stop in, say hi to these folks. They'll be happy to, to connect with you about your memory of the cold, cold, cold. All right? So uh, at this time, just a few announcements. I'm going to ask our, uh, a couple guys here to, to pass around a few things. First, they're going to pass a box. We'll start the box at the front. If you'll take a few cards out of there and then keep passing the box behind you. And then they're also going to be uh, sending around these helicopter egg drop flyers. They're, they're the blue ones. I want you to take three or four of both of these. Uh, take as many as you can of, of each of them, honestly, and keep them on you. Uh, I, I just want to encourage you. God is doing great things. We have, first of all, we have the helicopter egg drop coming up. That's on Saturday, April the 8th. There's about 230 people already signed up for that. We're so far ahead. They've already been ticketed. It is a ticketed event. The kids have to have the ticket to come. So we're, we will, space will be limited because we just can't put enough cars on this hill to do what this thing could go. But we want to encourage you, get the word out, take those and place that in somebody's uh, hand. If it's somebody that you know, somebody that you care about, say, hey, get your kid up there. I, I'm, I'm more excited than the kids are, I think. You know, I, you know when you see a hell you just get excited. And, and every time, my wife thinks I'm crazy. Of course, she probably knows I'm crazy, all right? But every time I see a helicopter come, I go out on the porch, and I'm looking to see, are they checking out? Is that the church? They, do they know where to land the helicopter, the, the eggs, you know? So, and, uh, and so we're just having a lot of fun. The helicopter will drop the eggs off. The kids will watch that. And then we, we want, in a very organized manner, have them go out and dig out the 10,000 eggs off the field. But uh, this is an opportunity. I told you, helicopters don't bring people to Jesus. 
people bring people to Jesus. So I want to encourage you, go out and use this as a tool to, to introduce somebody to your church, introduce them to Christ. This is for you to use uh, in, in your relational ministry. So come on up, bring your kids up, have fun, bring your neighbor's kids, and, and, and just, uh, just enjoy the, the day here. And then also you'll see I've got a little box coming around, the box with our, just the, it has the service times of, of our church. I want to ask you to keep those on you. And keep them in your car. Maybe, ladies, keep them in your purse. Uh, keep a few with you at all times. And look for the opportunity to give those out. Now, I have to share this with you. The, the other night, the, the, our teenagers, the, the World Life Band is in here for this event. We had March Madness. It was a fabulous event. Uh, hats off to all of our youth leaders that were out there working, man. This place was filled. There were about 300 teenagers roaming this place. Is that awesome or is that awesome? Amen? God is good. God is good. And so th this place was packed out. They gave an invitation. There were like 35 people went down for counseling, and that was one-on-one. -on -one. So you know God's doing a whole lot of things in people's lives. And uh, so we're thankful for all that. They left here. They went over to Max and Irma's, and like a good pastor, I just had to go greet everybody, okay? So I went over to Max and Irma's at 11.30, quarter to 12, and uh, there wasn't a seat in the place. Some people didn't have a seat. They had to rotate seats. It was, it was fun, but thank God for that type of problem. Uh, so many people came, and, uh, and so they're over there. They're doing that, and so we get to talking, and, and I get to talking with one of the waitresses, and she's like, man, you know, I really, I really want to come to your church. And I said, yeah, well, you know where we're at. We're out by Trax Farm. And, and she's like, yeah, yeah. And so and I'm trying to explain to her where we're at. So I didn't even have one of these on me, one of these cards. So I go in my car, and I'm, like, digging out in the back seat. And I found one in the back underneath, like, underneath the McDonald's wrappers, right? So it was in the back underneath all this garbage. And, and I pull it out, and I go in, and I tell her about it. And so she's excited to come visit the church. And I just thought, man, if I'm the pastor of the church and I don't have these on me, shame on me, right? You know, it's like I should be the biggest promoter. But it's actually easier for you to promote the church than it is for me. Because when I say I'm the pastor, they go, oh, that's nice, all right? But whenever they hear you, they're, like, excited because they know that you're normal, okay? And, uh, and the pastor is the pastor. So, so what I want to encourage you to do, keep these with you and just look for opportunities to invite somebody. Here's the deal. If you invite them, they will come. I, I can't invite them. They're your friends. They're people God placed in your life. If you invite them to the egg drop, they will come. Uh, if you say, hey, next Sunday we're starting a new series. It's called uh, Enco Close Encounters, Close Encounters of the Jesus Kind. And uh, if, you, if you invite them, they will come. We're marching right towards Easter. We've got this helicopter egg drop. We have this... Uh, um, the, the Thursday and Good Friday leading up, we're going to have a program here. It will, it will share the gospel. It will go through the last week of the life of Christ. Um, it's going to be exciting. If you'd like to be a part of that, see Beth DiPietro today. She'll be out in the foyer afterwards. Uh, you can get involved. They're practicing today at 5. And uh, so we're excited about all these. And then we have Easter Sunday. We'll have Saturday and Easter Sunday. These are all opportunities. Folks, we've got to be the church. And we have to go out. And we have to always be inviting, always be telling people. And watch what God will do. So if you'll take them and just pray about them and keep them in your car, keep them in your pocket, keep them, you'll just be surprised. All of a sudden, God's going to give you an opportunity as you're talking with somebody at a restaurant or in the hallway or at the hospital, you're going to be able to put the word and say, hey, listen, I want you to check out my church. And one day, your friend will come up. So we're excited about that. All right, at this time, I'd like to call our ushers to forward, invite them forward. 
And as they come forward this morning, if you are a guest here, we invite you to stop by our Welcome Center. We have a, we have a, a small gift for you just to say thank you for being here today. And uh, as, if you're a guest, please let this plate pass you by. We're trying to, trying to use this for those that are growing regularly in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right? Shall we go to the Lord in prayer? Our Father and our God, we come before you, Lord, and we just thank you for all that you're doing. God, we're, uh, we're just on fire, excited about uh, these people that have come to Jesus recently. Uh, all week long, uh, we've been praying and getting excited for Friday night and to see this place filled, to see, see our young people bring their friends, to see our, our, our ministries are all growing, and God, you're doing great things across this church. So God, as we give to you now, we say thank you. Thank you most of all for Jesus. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. Thank you for entrusting us with the mission. You gave us this neighborhood to turn on fire for Jesus. You gave us the places where we work, not just to provide, but so that we could turn them on to Jesus. So God, I pray that you'll be with each person here as they go out and they consider what could God do through a small invite. Could God really use me? Yes. Lord, I pray you'll give them each that strength and power and guide them by your spirit, Lord. Thank you, Father, for this, this offering that we received this morning. And I ask that you'll bless each gift and each giver. In your name we pray. Amen. Do we understand what we just sang? We just sang the gospel. And that is the most powerful thing in the entire, entire world. And I just want us to think about that for a little bit. Um, God's arms are wide, wide open. And he's reaching out to, to you and to me and saying, lay down your past, lay down your regrets, lay down your shame. I don't know what your week has, has held this past week, but I, I know that I've struggled. I know that I've had some heartache. I know that I've had some pain. And, and God says, bring it, lay it down. You have no business bearing it because he bore it all for you already when he died on the cross. It's done, it's taken care of. So church, this morning, can we lay down our burdens? Can we just come before the Lord and say, God, I know that your finished work on the cross is enough. There's nothing that I have to bring to the equation. There's nothing I can bring to the equation. My good works are but filthy rags before you. And so on the merit of your grace, your mercy and your love, God, that's how we are accepted, church. That's how we are accepted. And I would be remiss if I did not bring that before our attention this morning. Um, sometimes I think we get very quickly into the, um, just the order of service, maybe sometimes and we forget really why we're gathered here. Uh, we're gathered under the headship of Jesus Christ, right? He is our father, our lover, our savior, our redeemer. He died for us bought us back out of the slave markets of sin. That's why we gather. We don't come here for a country club type mentality. We come here to raise up and lift up the name of Jesus and make sure that his name is magnified above every other name. And so today, what I really want us to focus in on is just loving Jesus more. Just to really fall in love with this person that has given everything for us. Not 
just coming in out of a, a ritual of every Sunday morning, I know I need to be in church, right? I'm a pastor's son and I, I, I got into that mentality. It's very easy to go into that mentality. But as Christians, as the family of God, we need to come together and say, I come to church not because it's the good thing to do, not because uh, it's the socially acceptable thing to do, because really, I mean, honestly, it's, it's not. It's kind of countercultural. Um, but we come because Jesus has done it all for us. He's paid it all for us. And so when we sang, like, his blood purchased us. The grave could not hold him. He rose again. Lead me to the cross where your arms are wide open to accept us. So church, as we, as we move forward this morning, as we look into God's word, let that be the foundation upon which we do so. Um, because any other foundation is a faulty foundation and it's gonna wipe out and we're gonna end up on our face. Um, but at the foundation of the cross, there is security and there is no hierarchy there. It, we all come at a level equal footing because it's Jesus' name that we lift up, not man's name. So this morning, uh, I, would, I would love for us to look into God's word with that mentality. Um, we are super excited to be here with you guys this morning. Uh, and to hear what God is doing here at Crossroads is amazing. I want to know where the helicopter egg drop was when I was a kid. Um, and like, why, why was I like not able to go up into the helicopter? And like, I don't know, but that, that's, that's awesome. And so you guys are able to do that for your community. Uh, and as pastor said, it's not helicopters that save people. It's people that go out and share the gospel and then Jesus saves those people. Uh, so we need to be about doing the work um, of an evangelist and being out and sharing the gospel with people. But it's super, super encouraging to hear about a church uh, that is about doing the work of Jesus. So we're, I, we are encouraged, I am encouraged. Um, this morning, I would love for us to look into the book of Exodus together and really just thinking about this phrase right here. What is that smell? So as you turn, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Exodus. Um, and maybe this question is throwing you for a loop. Maybe it's like, what in the world is he about to talk about? Um, but I really hope that by the end of today, we're able to come away with um, just a, a clearer view of how we are to live our lives. And so I, w I really want to just throw up some pictures for you real quick. Um, when, I, when we think of smell, how many of you like coffee? Do you all have your coffee this morning? Is it like helping you move a little bit now that like daylight savings time stole an hour from you? Um, so coffee, I mean, it's, it's an amazing, amazing gift of God's grace. Um, and so roses, how many, how many of you ladies got flowers for Valentine's Day? Last hour there was like three, so let's see if we can beat three. Good, we, hey, we broke three. Good job, men. Give yourself a round of applause there. You broke three, there we go. That was a weak round of applause, but okay. Um, next thing, we look at, we got spruce, a spruce tree, right? An evergreen. How many of you guys do real Christmas trees? Real Christmas? We are breaking records from last hour. Let's go. Cool. Um, so all these three things, like you think about it, they have different aromas that just fill up a room. Uh, coffee, it calls your name as you wake out of bed and you just like as a zombie walk towards the smell of the percolating coffee on the counter. And you're like, I need this to survive. Um, roses, they, they show just a sweet smelling. Um, and really just it's... Um, 
it's an amazing scent from God that he has just given to us. And spruce trees, I remember coming down uh, when we used to do real Christmas trees uh, for Christmas, and like the whole room would be filled with this smell of a tree, right? All these things, they kind of trigger memories in our brain. They trigger, um, if, if you think of coffee, you think of like having to wake up in the morning. If you think of a Christmas tree, you think of uh, just amazing um, amazing Christmas mornings where it's, it's filling up the room. So they trigger memories. And I think when we look in scripture, we're going to see the same thing uh, and why God created our senses the way he did. And the one that we're going to really focus in today is on smell. Uh, and what does this smell have to do with us as believers in Jesus Christ and how we live our lives. And so in Exodus chapter 30, um, I'm just gonna skip right to our main, our main verse this morning. I'm gonna focus on this, but before I do, I wanna give you a context. And, and in this context, we have Moses and Aaron up on the mountain with God, and God is laying before them what he wants them to do specifically for the building and construction of the tabernacle and the things that are going to fill the tabernacle. And one of the things that that he wants in this place is incense and or a perfume and so right now in this verse in verse 35 he's going to give a description of what this incense is supposed to be like and I'm going to propose to you how this is really how you and myself need to be living our lives as Christians in a world um, as they observe and smell our life. Um, verse 35 says this, with it you shall make incense, a perfume, the work of a perfumer, salted, pure, and holy. Let's pray real quick as we dive into this. Father God, again, we come before you um, just, just saying we need you. We need you to uh, just really teach us this text. God, there's nothing that I can say as a man that can really persuade the hearts of men and women. God, it's by your spirit that that is done. And so over these next few minutes, would you just speak and would we listen and would we obey and walk out changed peoples? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So from this text, I really think that we are gonna be able to see three different points. We're gonna look at three points. We're gonna look at three words. We're gonna look at three verses, three passages. And we're gonna look at one application um, what we are to do with it point. All right, the first thing we're gonna look at is the view of God. This passage gives us a, a view of God that, at least for me, I don't know about you, that I've never really thought of before. But when we think of perfume, somebody has to make the perfume, correct? Like it doesn't just happen. Somebody has to put in work for that perfume. Somebody made that perfume. Somebody knows the smells and the scents and the aroma they want that to smell like and they design and create it to be that way. God has done that in your life and my life. He has designed us to smell a specific way spiritually so that the watching world will see and smell something different in your life and my life. That's how he's designed us. So really, our view of God in this passage is he is a master perfumer. He knows what he wants your life and my life to smell like. And that is modeled after the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the model for us. How we are to live our lives and the aroma that is to come out of our lives is to be one modeled after the perfect person of Jesus. And who better to tell us what we are to smell like, right? It's God. God, the, the sole authority of the life of a believer. He created scent. He created 
incense. He created perfume. He created the flowers, the coffee, the spruce tree, right? He created all these things with the sense that he wanted them to smell like. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he wants us to smell like. The second thing I think that we see in this, in this passage is a view of sin. And maybe you're thinking, uh, as, as I did, as I was kind of looking at it, there's not really anything about sin, but where there is the holiness and perfect plan of God, there also, just because we live in a broken world, there must be an antithesis to that. And this is where we see sin enter in Genesis chapter 3, breaking the world, breaking God's design, and entering in this smell of sin, death, decay, destruction. And I don't, I don't know about you guys, but if you've ever been like around a dead, like decomposing like animal or something like that, it does not smell good. It's putrefying. It's disgusting. But that's really the aroma of what sin is. It's putrefying. It's disgusting. And can I tell you this, church? This, the world smells very, very much like that because it has abandoned, we have abandoned what God's original design for us was to be. It's, it's, you have two options. Smell like Jesus or smell like the world. And one's gonna be a sweet-smelling, savoring aroma. The other is gonna be repulsive. John Piper says sin is this. It is the glory of God not honored, the holiness of God not reverenced, the greatness of God not admired, the power of God not praised, the truth of God not sought, the wisdom of God not esteemed, the beauty of God not treasured, the goodness of God not savored, the faithfulness of God not trusted, the commandments of God not obeyed, the justice of God not respected, the wrath of God not feared, the, wrath, the grace of God not cherished, the presence of God not prized, and the person of God not loved. That is sin. And I propose to you today, church, that in my life and in your life, whenever we are chasing after sin, it is because one of, if not all, of these things that I just listed off are true about our lives. If we love Jesus if we treasure the beauty of God, if we esteem the wisdom of God, and this stuff is true about our lives, we're not gonna pursue after sin. Cherishing Jesus and high, holding him high above everything else in our life will drive us away from sin and into righteousness. Jesus' righteousness. So these are the two views. We have the view of God and the view of sin, but we also have a third thing here, and that is God's intention for us. And as I've already um, hinted at, God has designed us to be modeled after the life of Jesus. This is his intention for us. And if we look at verse 35 one more time, it says, the work of a, of a perfumer, salted, pure, and holy. And I wanna to propose to you that these three words really are a definition of what your life and my life is to be like. Salted. In Matthew chapter five, this is what it says. Matthew chapter five says, you are the salt of the earth, church. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Salt in this day and age was our refrigeration of today, right? Uh, if, 
they had meat back then. They wouldn't throw it into a refrigerator. They didn't have a refrigerator. They had salt and they would douse their meat in salt and that would preserve the life of that meat. You and I today, in this word picture, we are the salt of the earth. We are to be out preserving life. That is our job description as the church, as believers, as followers of Jesus. That is what we are to be about. Secondly, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we see that um, we are to be pure. We are to be on an upward trajectory of sanctification and above reproach. This is what 1 Thessalonians says. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. That is that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God. Now I love that last phrase because that really just focuses in on the church, on believers, on followers of Jesus. We are to be living our lives not contrary to the person that we say that we know and that we love. The world who does not know Jesus, the world who does not know God, they, they don't know any better than to live the way that they do. But if we name the name of Jesus and we say that we are followers and we've been saved and we've been redeemed by him, how can we then go and live in such a way that is contrary to what Jesus has called us into and is so contrary to the person that we say that we follow? How can we do that? Leviticus chapter 11 gives us our third word from from Exodus, really. We see salted, pure, and our third one is holy. This is what Leviticus chapter 11 says. For I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourself therefore and be holy, for I am holy. And I love this phrase as well. Holiness, at the very root of what it is, is to be set apart, not for common use, but for uncommon use. You and I as believers, you and I as followers of Jesus, we are created for uncommon use. That should excite us this morning. God hasn't called us just so we can be typical. God has called us to be extraordinary because of the accepted, finished work of what Jesus has done on your behalf and my behalf. And so we've been called into this mission of being the church and to be smelling like Jesus And to do so, we need to be salt, we need to be pure, and we need to be holy. So why look at a perfume and incense passage from the book of Exodus when it's really talking about what is to be happening in the tabernacle, and we are um, separated from that um, time by a couple thousand years, right? What does that have to do with you and me today? And I think Romans chapter 12 gives us a really, really good example insight into that. And this is what Romans 12, 1 says, therefore I urge you brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. This incense that was created in Exodus was created with the purpose of being used on the altar when sacrifice was done. It was pointing people to this remembrance of there is a redeemer to come there is a redeemer to come that's going to cover my sins that's what sacrifice was about and the incense triggered that memory whenever somebody would smell what was happening on the altar but in the new testament in romans paul urges us as the church to be living sacrifices 
And so what is the aroma that is flowing out of our life? Is it salty, pure, and holiness? Or is it death, destruction, and decay? Because as the church, we are called to lay down our lives as living sacrifices. There is death that has happened. It is death to my old self, my old life, and there is life now unto Jesus. And so there is to be an aroma that is wafting around us. Like in John chapter 12, where we see Mary anointing the feet of Jesus and getting down on her knees and washing his feet with this ointment, this perfume. Wherever she would go, there would be this aroma that it was literally just stuck in her hair because she had just bathed her hair in this aroma of perfume. And wherever she would go, people would be like, man, you, you smell really, really strong right now. And because of that, that would lead into, this is what I did for Jesus. This is what Jesus has called me into, to sacrifice for him, to be a living sacrifice for him. In the book of Acts, we see uh, two disciples, Peter and John, and the people are watching, the religious leaders of the day are watching and saying, there's something different about these guys. They're not like us. What was it? It says they could tell that they had been with Jesus. The aroma of their life was so strong. The scent of their life was so strong that people knew when I see what's going on in their life, I know that they've followed Jesus. I know there's not a doubt in my mind that they follow Jesus. So church, here's my question to us today. Can people tell that we've been with Jesus? Can the world tell that we have been with Jesus? Because if not, there's something that needs to change. And I beg of you that it needs to change today. If the world can't tell that I've been with Jesus, I need to change. Sin is a very real thing. It's a serious thing. It is the reason why Jesus died on the cross for your sin and my sin. And for us to play with it as if it had no consequence is damning. But Jesus, but Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So what do we do today? If we, have, if we name the name of Jesus... We need to walk and smell like Jesus. If we have not come into relationship with Jesus and we have not accepted his free gift of salvation, it's open. It's free. Just as we sang, God's arms are open wide. And he's calling out to you saying, come home. For the believer who has accepted Jesus, but maybe he doesn't smell like Jesus, come home. Repent. I want to leave us with this quote as we finish today from Thomas Watson. It says this, sound repentance begins in the love of God and ends in the hatred of sin. Now catch this, it has to begin in the love of God. It has to, that's where it's rooted. If it's rooted in anywhere else, if it's rooted in I'm focusing on my sin and I've got to kill my sin, I've got to hate my sin, I've got to hate my sin, you're not going to make any progress. But when our focus is on the cross and the finished work of Jesus Christ and said, I've got to love Jesus, I need to fall more in love with Jesus every single day, every single moment, then sin will naturally become less and less and less until it is gone when we are standing in the presence of Jesus one day in the future an upward trajectory of sanctification. 
becoming more and more into the image of Jesus. So we gotta focus on our savior. We've gotta focus on the Lord. We need to smell to the world different than how they smell. That when we walk by, it's as if somebody walked by with very strong cologne or perfume on, they're like, whoa, there's something different about that person, right? That's what the world needs to smell and see in our lives. So I wanna leave us with this. Our, our action step is if we don't smell like Jesus, repent, repent. That's a, I'm heading this direction and I'm making a 180 and I'm saying, no, I'm going back to the Lord. I'm following Jesus. Would you pray with me this morning? And as, as we pray, we're gonna have the band come back up and we're gonna sing, come to the altar one more time. And I, really, I just, I just want us to get this this morning. Uh, you don't really know me. I don't know you, but under the name of Jesus, we're family. And so as family, uh, I, I, I want us to really, really understand that we have a Savior that loves us. And so let's talk to him right now. Father, God, thank you. Thank you for loving us when we do not, did not, will never deserve it. It's only by the perfect shed blood of Jesus Christ, our sacrifice on our behalf. God, that's how we're accepted. And because Jesus did what we did not deserve, now we can live lives that we do not deserve. Help us to love you. Help us to focus on you. Help us to fall more and more in love with the person of Jesus and the finished work on the cross and the the empty tomb. Would we wake up every morning and would we go through every day so focused on the gospel and how that defines us? This world, the devil, sin does not define us anymore, God. It is you And so I pray that we would put to death the lies of Satan and focus on the truths of Jesus. We love you, God. Your church, we love you. And we want to smell like you being the aroma of Christ in this community, in Finleyville, in Pittsburgh. God, would people see a difference from the church that gathers here at Crossroads. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Would you sing?